Today, we'll continue with our subject on spiritual disciplines. We started this uh, last week. The purpose of our Bible study is what I call connection. I want you to be connected with God, but also be connected with God's word. That is the purpose of our Bible study. It's to study the word of God and get connected with God through the Bible. And what we do is we focus on studying the Bible. Last week, we talked about salvation. And one of the things that we focused on was that our salvation is not based on our works. Our salvation is not based on our works, but our faith in Christ and through God's grace. Nothing else. It's God's grace and faith. That's all that we need uh, to be saved. So spiritual disciplines... They are not for our salvation. Spiritual disciplines are for our spiritual growth. And also it helps us to build a strong relationship with God, our Father. With God, our Father. And that is the key. That's very important uh, to understand. You know, spiritual disciplines, they help us to connect with God and also to connect with his word. But also they help us grow as Christians. Spiritual disciplines are for our growth. You will never grow in your spiritual life until you practice spiritual disciplines. You will never grow in your spiritual life until you practice spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are not for boasting. Are not for boasting. Spiritual disciplines are not for boasting. When, when you fast, for an example, you are not... You don't become a better Christian than someone who does not fast. I know this goes against your belief system, right? <laughs> Sometimes you feel like when you fast, you are a better Christian than someone who does not fast. It does not work like that. We are all equally saved. All of us, we are equally saved. And there is nothing that you can do to make God save you more. You don't have to fast more or to pray more for God to love you more. We are all equally saved, and our salvation is enough. Let me say this, it may sound controversial. You can still go, you will still go to heaven even without fasting. Hmm. You don't have to fast to go to heaven. The, the problem with us is sometimes we feel like, you know, if I practice spiritual disciplines, I'm more of a Christian. I'm a better Christian than other people. I feel like I'm a better Christian than other Christians just because I fast and they do not fast. And that is so wrong. That is so wrong. That's why we need to make sure that our theology is right. We need to make sure that our theology is right. We need to have the right understanding of why do we pray? Why do we fast? Why do we pray and why do we fast? And that's what we're going to focus on today. To understand why do we do what we do? What is the purpose of doing what we are doing? You do not get to heaven by your own religious works. You do not go to heaven because you, you, you never missed a Sunday throughout the year. It is all by God's grace. We are saved by God's grace. We are not saved by our own good works. But we are saved for good works. In other words, we don't do things because we want God to save us. We do good things because we are saved. I said this last week. Every successful person that you know was committed to being disciplined in that particular area. Rich people are rich because they are disciplined when it comes to finances. People who are successful in their relationships, they are, they are successful because they are disciplined when it comes to relationships. They read books about relationships. They attend seminars. They attend classes on relationships. They attend conferences on relationships. They learn how to build relationships. They talk to the right people about relationships and they grow in that area. That's why they have successful relationships. People who are successful in their careers, they study. You know, they take classes, they learn new skills in their career. That's why they are successful in, their, uh, in, in, the, in what they are doing. That's why they are your boss. That's why they are your supervisor. That's why they are your manager. That's why they are your director. It's because in that area, 
they have skills. They discipline themselves to grow in that particular area. If you want to grow in a particular area, you have to discipline yourself. There are some good pastors, pastors who are, pas who are passionate about their, uh, their calling, pastors who are taking care of their sheep, and they grow in that area. They pray, they trust God, but they also read books about that. They read the word of God. They, they, they interact with the right people. They're in the right environment. And that's how they grow and they become better pastors. Now, today's objective is for us to understand that God wants us to build a growing relationship with him through spiritual disciplines. But what we'll focus on today is the spiritual discipline of prayer. And I us to learn how we can effectively practice this spiritual discipline daily. Daily in the sense that we have to pray every day. We should not take a break when it comes to prayer. Prayer is something that we need to practice every day. And prayer should not be a burden. Others have a different perspective when it comes to understanding prayer. Prayer should not be a burden. We must understand it as communication with our Father. And you'll see that as we continue. God wants us to be disciplined. Remember the word discipline and disciple. Discipline and disciple, both of them, they came from the same root word. You can't be a disciple until you are disciplined. You can't be a disciple until you are disciplined. We have to learn to be disciplined if we want to grow in our spiritual walk with God. If you have to be successful in your Christian walk, it will take some disciplines. You have to practice some disciplines. There are some of you who want to be successful in your ministry, but you lack discipline. You want to be successful in your career, but you lack discipline. You want to be successful in your leadership, but you lack discipline. You want to be successful as a manager, but you lack discipline. Some of you don't even have discipline to finish anything that you do. You have to learn to be disciplined in whatever area of your life that you want to be successful. You know, instead of finishing whatever you start, you always give excuses. Always give excuses. And my question to you is, what are you really committed to? Are you committed to your excuses or are you committed to success? Successful ministry takes discipline. Successful career takes discipline. Successful relationship takes discipline. Any successful preacher that you know of, that you see in public, they had a lot to deal with discipline. Discipline. You know, um, Paul said something to Timothy, and I want us to start from there. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Godliness is more important than being a good person. And Paul says you can't be godly until you discipline yourself. Until you discipline yourself. Many people have healthy habits when it comes to eating. They have healthy habits when it comes to dieting. Few of us have healthy habits when it comes to our spiritual growth. You must develop healthy habits for your soul. You know, spiritual disciplines are healthy habits for your soul. They help you to grow spiritually. So the spiritual disciplines that we talked about uh, last week, we talked about the spiritual discipline of prayer, and that's what we'll focus on tonight. The spiritual discipline of reading God's word, the spiritual discipline of worship, the spiritual discipline of evangelism, the spiritual discipline of serving, the spiritual discipline of fasting, the spiritual discipline of meditation, the spiritual discipline of journaling. And these are the spiritual disciplines that we will focus on in the next, next eight or nine weeks or so. Every week, we'll go through each one of them and see how we can apply it in our lives. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to us. Where we start is where we talked about our salvation last week. First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, verse 8. Through 10. The Bible says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us all from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. Here the Bible says all of us who have sinned. All of us who have sinned. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter where you were born. Whether you were born of Christian you know, parents. Or you were born in a Christian hospital. Or you were born in church. It does not matter. All of us have sinned. But the Bible says if we confess our sins. If we go to God and say, Lord, I have sinned. And I ask for forgiveness. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It's very interesting. I said this last week. When God forgives you, he does not, he, he does not call for a conference call. He does not call for a Zoom call to get, uh, to, go to get opinions from other people. God makes a decision by himself to forgive you. What I'm trying to say, it, it does not matter what other people say. When God has forgiven you, People may talk, but people have no heaven. They may talk, they may judge you, they may say whatever they want to say, but deep down in your heart, you know that your sins have been forgiven and you live guilt-free. It does not matter who says what. If God was to call uh, for a Zoom call or a call, conference call and ask if, they, if God can forgive you or not, some people will say, no, don't forgive her. Don't forgive him. He has sinned a lot. She has sinned a lot. God says, I don't care about your opinion. Anybody who comes and confesses their sins, I forgive them. I forgive them. Some of you are still angry with people who have uh, maybe offended you 10 years or 15 years ago. Some, they offended you last year. Some of them, they offended you last night and you are still angry at them. Those people, maybe they have even gone to God and asked for forgiveness. God has forgiven them. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God forgives us when we ask for forgiveness. When we confess our sins, God forgives us. And I want to tell you, my brother, my sister, you don't have to live with guilt. If you can go to God and ask for forgiveness, God will forgive you no matter what you have done. There is no sin that is big enough that God cannot forgive. As though we can breathe, God can forgive you and you can live without guilt. You can start to live a guilt-free life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone including you, including I've seen Bush, she's calling us from, uh, from Pakistan. Anyone, whether you're in Pakistan, whether you're in England or you're in Brazil, whether you are in, uh, in Canada, you're in South Africa, you're in Zimbabwe, anyone, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, anyone who has accepted Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When God looks at you, he sees a new girl, he sees a new boy, he sees a new man, he sees a new woman. You have a relationship with God. John chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, but as many as have received him, to them he gave the right, the authority to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. When God looks at you, he sees a child. You can, God, you can call God your father. Actually, Romans chapter 8, 15, the Bible says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. God has adopted us. We were not born his children. Remember, everyone in this world, it's, it's, it's a person who has been created by God. All of us, we are people of God, but not all of us are children of God. There are children of God and there are people of God. All of us are people of God, but out of the people of God, those who believe in Christ, those who accept Christ, they move, they, they, they graduate. They upgrade from just being people of God and they become children of God. And the Bible says, by whom we cry out, Abba. Abba means father. Now you call God your father, the creator of the universe. He is your father. 
When we are saved, we have a father-son relationship with God. When God looks at you, he sees a son, he sees a daughter. A daughter. All relationships are growing. When you have a relationship with God, your relationship with your father must keep on growing. Any kind of relationship that you have, it's always growing. It's either you are growing towards or you are growing away from each other. Whosoever you have a relationship with, whether it's your friend, whether it's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, anybody that you have a relationship with, that relationship is either it's growing, you are growing towards each other or away from each other. And this is very important because even with us as Christians, we are growing. Our relationship with God keeps on growing. It's either we are growing towards God or we are growing away from God. God wants us to grow towards him because you matter to God. You matter to God. Your, your concerns matter to God. Your family matters to God. Well, your job, it matters to God. Everything about you, it matters to God. Your health matters to God. Your children, they matter to God. Your worries, they matter to God. Your finances, they matter to God. Your studies, they matter to God. Your church matters to God. Your faith matters to God. My brother, my sister, you matter to God. God takes you serious because you're his child. And you need to have the right understanding of prayer. And today we'll focus on the right concept of what prayer is and what prayer is not. God wants us to grow closer to him every day through this spiritual discipline of prayer. Every day. It's very interesting. I want us to say this. God expects us to pray. If you read Matthew chapter 6, it's a very popular verse of scripture. Matthew chapter 6, that's a chapter with the Lord's prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, the Bible says, and when you pray, how do you underline the words, when you, when you pray, in other words, you are expected to pray, it, it should be something that it's, it's normal to you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Underline to be seen by others. Now let me share uh, my my screen with you so you can you can see the the scripture that i'm talking about it's a very popular verse of scripture it says when you pray do not be like the hypocrites hmm. for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and also on the street corners to be seen by others they want to prove to people that they pray. They want people to know that they pray. And they do it in public so that people can say, wow, he's a very powerful man of God. He's a very prayerful man of God. She's a great intercessor. Everybody must see her. Everybody must see him that he prays. And look at the next one. He says, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. The Bible says when people comment and say you are a powerful prayer man, you are a powerful prayer woman. You are receiving the reward from people, not from God. So there is a reward from people. If you do it in public so that people can see that you pray, the Bible says when people start to comment, when people start to speak, that is your reward. Don't expect another reward from God. That is your reward. Verse 6, it says, when you pray, go into your room. Close the door. Wow, this is very interesting. When you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray. It talks about privacy. We want to build that relationship with God. It's between you and God. You do it in private. And I like the next one. It says, close the door. Pray to your father. Underline the word father. Because we'll talk about that in a moment. Pray to your father who is unseen. It's a private it's a relationship between you and God. It has nothing to do with the crowds. It has nothing to do with people. It's you and God. You want God to see you. You want God to hear your heart. You want to pour your heart out to God. It has nothing to do with publicity. You don't need likes on Facebook or on Twitter or anywhere. It's between you and God. The Bible says you meet with God the Father and you communicate with him. Then, I like this, then your Father will see what is done in secret or privately will reward you. Brothers and sisters, I'd rather be rewarded by God than getting more likes from people. I'd rather be rewarded by God 
by being rewarded by people. Because the Bible says, you, know, you, can't, you can't get double reward. Let me put it this way. You can't be rewarded twice. When you pray, it's either the people reward you or God will reward you. What do you prefer? He says, it's either people reward you when you do it in public and you want people to know that you fast. You know, so January, you're, or you're on fasting. Or you, you pray twice a day. You pray, three you pray three times a day. God says, okay, it's okay. People will reward you. That's fine. But if you do it in private and you build a relationship between you and your father, God, your father, whatever you do in secret, he will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on bubbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Hmm. They think they will be heard because of their many words. It does not matter how long you pray. It does not have to be a long prayer or a short prayer. It's a matter of the heart. I know some people will boast and say, you know, I pray two hours a day. I pray three hours a day. I pray for, it has nothing to do with how long, how long you pray. And we'll see that as we continue. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. Your father knows what you need before you ask. God knows what you need. God knows what you need, and I'll talk about that in a moment. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. You know, I like Luke chapter 11, verse 19. I'll come back to this one. Luke chapter 11, verse 19. The Bible says, Luke chapter 11, verse 9. It says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. A-S-K, ask. A-S-K, A for ask, ask for seek, and K for knock, ask. He says when you ask, God will answer your prayer. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. We have to pray. And Jesus says, we should pray. We are expected to pray as Christians. And remember, you're not praying because you want to impress God. You are praying because you are you have you are building a relationship with your father in heaven. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. Pray without continue to pray. Always be in the spirit, in the mood of prayer. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God expects us to pray. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. The Bible says, devote yourselves to prayer. With an alert mind and a thankful heart. What is to devote? devote? To devote means to give yourself to something, to dedicate time for something, to dedicate your energy, to dedicate yourself to something. He says, dedicate your life, dedicate yourself to prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 says, Do not be like them, for, for, for your Father, God, knows what you need before you ask. And my question to you is, what is the purpose of prayer then? Why should we pray? If God knows what we need, why should you pray? <laughs> Let me say this to you. Your prayer is not breaking news to God. Your prayer is not breaking news to God. When you pray, whatever you say to God, it is not new to him. He already knows. When you say, God, I'm asking for money, it's not breaking news. He knows that you need money. When you pray, God, I ask that you put my children right, let them live right. God knows that you want your children to live right. When you pray, God, God, I ask that you save my, my husband. God knows that you, you need your, your husband to be saved. Your prayer is not breaking news to God. God is not shocked by your prayer items. God is not shocked by your prayer items. There is nothing new that you can tell God. God already knows what you need even before you pray. And that is very important because we have to understand that when you pray, we should not treat God or approach God like he's Santa Claus. You are not going to ask God to give you things. God is not interested in giving you stuff, in giving you things, 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 things. 
God wants to communicate and build a healthy relationship with you. That's the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is not to get things. It's not for you to go to God with a long list of things that you need. You know the Christmas list that our children always write during Christmas season? Some of us will treat God like that. You go to God with a long list of the things that you want. And you keep on with it. You have a check mark at the end. If God has answered or not, God has performed or not. God does not have to perform. He does not have to perform. He does not have to meet your standards. I have a long list of the prayer items. I see God has answered number one, number two, number three, number four. God does not have to perform before you. God is interested in building a healthy relationship with you. God is not in the business of giving out things, things, things. Things. He is in the business of building a relationship with you. Do not try to manipulate God through your prayer. God is not your boyfriend. He's not your girlfriend. He's not your mom. He's not your father. You can't manipulate God. You can manipulate everybody. You can manipulate me. You can manipulate your brother. You can manipulate your pastor. But you can't manipulate God. God cannot be manipulated through your prayers. When you pray, prayer can be Audible. It can be. It can be silent. Prayer can be whispering. Prayer could be shouting. It does not mean when you shout, when you scream, God hears you more than when somebody whispers when you pray. It is not the pitch of your voice that makes the prayer powerful, but it's your heart. It's your heart. Prayer is not your culture and tradition. Prayer simply means communication with your father. Prayer is communicating with God to build a relationship with him. Communication is a two-way process. This is very important. When you talk of communication, communication is not a monologue. Communication is a dialogue. It's a dialogue. And that's where we need to understand what prayer is. Prayer is not a monologue. You don't go to God with a long list of the things that you want and you tell him what you want. Then from there you say, amen, then you go. Lord, I ask for, I ask for money. Lord, I ask for a job. I ask that you save my husband. I ask that you do one, two, three, four. I'm asking for a car. I'm asking for a house. Amen. Then you go. No, no, that's not prayer. That's not prayer. Prayer is a communication with your father. It involves you speaking to him and also listening to him. That is conversation. That is the relationship that you're talking about here. That's communication with your father. With your father, It involves speaking and listening. Most of us won't want to speak and speak and speak and speak. We have no time to listen to God. And God says, when you come to me, come with the heart of, of building a relationship with me. Every relationship grows when you communicate. That's how you build a relationship with a person. And at, at times, if you can spend a day, maybe a week without talking to the person, you start to feel missing that person because you have developed a relationship with the person through communication. And that's how it works even with God. We develop a relationship with God through communicating with him every day. Make sure you communicate with him every day. That's how you build a relationship with God. Prayer can happen anywhere. You can pray from anywhere. You can pray from your house. You can pray from the car. You can pray anywhere, whether you go to the mountain and pray. By the way, a, a prayer that, 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 that you do in the mountain it is not more powerful than the prayer that you do in your house. Hmm. A prayer that you do in the mountain, it is not more powerful than the prayer that you do at your church or in your room. You can pray from anywhere. It doesn't make a difference. Just because you prayed in the mountain, it does not make you a more or a strong Christian than somebody who prays at home. What if in your area there are, there are no mountains? What should you do? Should you take a bus or a taxi or drive and start searching for mountains so you can pray in the mountain? You have stronger prayers? No, no. You can pray from anywhere. You can pray from anywhere. You can pray from your room. You can pray from your office. Your prayer is as much powerful as someone who's praying up in the mountain. You can pray at any time. You can pray during the day. You can pray during lunchtime. You can pray at night. You can pray anywhere. And prayer can be done corporately with other Christians or you can do it individually. 
The most important thing is to pray and communicate with your father. You, let me say this, you can't be spiritually healthy until you get into the habit of prayer. You can't be spiritually strong until you get into the habit of prayer. Our relationship with God reflects on how you relate with other people. If you don't relate well and talk well with God, you probably won't relate well with people. It's very important. If you can't listen to God, you probably won't listen to your husband. You won't listen to your wife. You won't listen to other people. You must learn to grow a habit of prayer and also listening to God when he speaks. God wants to speak to you, by the way. You don't have to be a prophet to hear from God. You don't have to be a bishop to hear from God. You don't have to be a pastor to hear from God. God wants to speak to all of you who are listening to me right now. God wants to speak to you about your current situation. All you need is just an ear to listen to him. It's an ear to listen to him. Most of us who don't have time to listen to God, you must connect with God and listen to God when he speaks. You know, some of you, you have challenges and battles with your relationship because you can't listen. You can't listen. If you can listen to God, God can help you resolve some of the struggles and the challenges that you are going through right now. Whether it's in your marriage, in your relationship, in your finances, in your job, sometimes just need to listen to God. Just need to listen to God. You know, sometimes when you pray, I don't know, some of you are looking for a job and I'm praying for you that God will help you get a job. But some of you, if you can listen, maybe God does not want to give you a job and you have been praying for the past two weeks. For the past two months, for the past two years, you have been praying, God, give me a job. God, give me a job. God, give me a job. And God say, I don't want to give you a job. I want to give you an idea that will create a business. I want to create to give you a, a, a business idea. And at the end, you'll, you'll employ more people. You'll employ five people, 10 people, 15 people. But because you don't want to listen to God, God wants to give you an idea, but you have no time to listen to God's idea. You are busy praying, even fasting, and ask God to give you a job. And God is saying, I want to give you an idea. Can you listen to me? I want to give you a, an idea. And you keep ignoring it when God wants to speak to you. Brothers and sisters, let's learn to listen to God when we pray. God will hear you. During prayer, there's what we call noise. When you pray, there will be some noise sometimes. Like I said, when you talk of prayer, Prayer is simply a conversation between God the Father and you as his child. You're just communicating with your father. That's what you call prayer. It's a dialogue between you and God. Let's look at this diagram here. The blue box on the left, it's a sender. You know, when you speak of communication, communication consists of in the sender encoding the message, decoding, and the receiver. And after somebody has received the message, they have to give the feedback back to the sender. Now let's look at this diagram here. You are the sender of the message to God. You are encoding. When you send the message, you are encoding. And this message is carried through prayer. It's carried through prayer. Whatever message you want to send to God, you send the message, you decode, you're communicating with your father and God will decode the message. He will receive the message. After God has received the message, God is not silent. He wants to speak back to you and he wants to give back the feedback back to you. The problem with most of us, we are all so much in a hurry, always in a hurry. After sending the message, we don't wait to get the feedback from God. We are so much in a hurry, we don't wait to hear from God. After prayer, keep quiet, be silent. Be silent and listen to God. And God wants to give the feedback back to you. But if you do not want to listen, if you don't want to hear God, after sending the message, when God wants to send back the feedback, you are gone. Back to your WhatsApp, you are gone. You are back to your emails, you are gone. You are back to Facebook, you are gone. Can you spend the next two, three minutes 
five minutes and just be silent in the presence of God and listen to God after you pray. After you pray, keep quiet for some times. Just be still and allow God to speak back to you. Sometimes God wants to give you a response immediately. But you have no time to listen to God. You are always in a hurry. You quickly rush God. And when God wants to speak back to you, you are bad. You are gone. You are no longer there. You are on the social media. You are no longer available. What I'm trying to say is after prayer, just be still. Be quiet. Let God speak back to you. Let God, allow God to speak back to you. God wants to speak back to you. All you need to do is to avail yourself. Allow God to speak back to you. Open your ears and allow God to speak back to you. Let me say this to you. God does not need your prayers. You do. God does not miss your prayers. You are the one who needs God. Prayer is not for God's benefit. Prayer is for your own benefit. Prayer is not informing God. It's not telling God. God wants to respond. What you are saying when you pray is you are inviting God into your situation. This is the key. Please underline this. Write it somewhere. Prayer is not informing God because there is nothing new that you can tell God. He already knows. But prayer is inviting God into your family. Prayer is inviting God into your job. Prayer is inviting God into your health. Prayer is inviting God into your finances. Prayer is inviting God into everything that concerns you. That is what prayer is. You're not telling God what he must do. God knows everything about your life. But all he needs is for you to invite him to intervene. When you pray, you are talking to God about your situation. You are talking to God about your ups and downs. You are talking to God about your wins. You're talking to God about your losses. You're talking to God about your health. You're talking to God about your pain. You're talking to God about your challenges. You're talking to God about your family situation. You're talking to God about your children. You're talking to God about your husband. You're talking to God about your wife. You're talking to God about your church. You're talking to God about your friends. You're talking about to God about the questions that you have about life. You're talking to God even about your decisions. Why? Because everything in your life matters to God. God takes you serious when you pray. All your concerns matter to God. God listens to your prayers. Prayer changes things. Prayer can change the people around you. Prayer can change your children. Prayer can change your situations. You will never run out of prayer items in your life. You will always have something to pray for. You will always have someone to pray for. Every Christian must have what I call the Frank list. Frank list. Frank list means F is for friends, R for relatives, A for all your acquaintances, N for your neighbors, C for colleagues. Frank list. Friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, colleagues. Each one of them, they need something. Some of them, they need help. Some of them, they have problems with their health. Some of them are in hospital. Some of them are not saved. Some of them, their children are giving them tough times. There is always something to pray about. There's no reason why you can have and no time to pray. Always there's a need for prayer. Pray for them every day. Talk to God about them every day. Don't talk to people about them. That's called gossip. It's called gossip. You don't have to gossip about your neighbors. You don't have to gossip about your colleagues or your relatives. You can talk to God about it. It is allowed. Talk to them about, about their needs every day. When you talk to God about your friends, when you talk to God about your, your pastor, when you talk to God about your colleagues, when you talk to God about your children, it's called intercession. You are standing in the gap. You are praying on their behalf. God does not always do what you want. God will do what he wants. Just because God does not answer the way you wanted him to answer, it does not mean he has not answered your prayer. When you pray, it helps you to sync with God. It helps you to understand and accept his will. You will not understand everything that God does, but you start to trust him. You believe that God allowed this situation to happen for a purpose. God allowed this situation to happen 
for a purpose. There is no, there is no son. Let me put it this way: there is no son who gives instructions to his father. I mean, if you are that kind of a father who takes instructions from your son, something is not right with you. You are a terrible father. You are a bad father. As Christians, we are sons and daughters of God. God does not react on our instructions. When you pray, you're not instructing God. I've had some Christians, they, they sometimes people are crazy. People are crazy. You, you can't instruct God. God will always do what he wants because he's God, you are not. You can't instruct God. He's God, you are not. When you pray, what you do is you are coming closer to your father. You are coming closer to God so you can align with God. Not that God can change. No, so that you can change. If you don't pray, sometimes it can be very difficult for you to differentiate between God's will about your situation and the devil's activities. You have to understand whether it is, is it really God or is it the devil? You can only know that if you come closer to God and you start to be in sync with God. That is called the spirit of discernment. You only get this spirit of discernment in prayer. How will I know if it's God's will? Pray. How will I know if, if he is the right one? Pray. How will I know if she is the right one? Pray. Should I go or not go? Pray. Should I turn left or right? Pray. Should I say yes or no? Pray. Align yourself with God's will. When you pray, you are aligning yourself with God's will. God starts to reveal. Like I said, when you keep quiet after prayer and listen to God, God will give you the response. God will answer your prayer. And sometimes God wants to answer your prayer at the same time. Let me say this before we close. Sometimes when you pray, God will not change the situation. God may not change the people, but he may change you. Sometimes when you pray, God may not change your situation. God may not change the people around you, but he will change you. And you must be open to that. Sometimes God wants me to say something that I never saw before about myself. God wanted to change my, me, to change my attitude, to change the way I think. And God will clarify. Most of the situations, when you approach him, God will be willing to, to clarify some of the situations that you do not understand. And my question to you today is, who are you praying for every day? Who are you standing in the gap on their behalf every day? Once the relationship is built, the rest will follow. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. It talks about relationships. It doesn't say, seek ye first uh, houses, seek ye first uh, books, seek ye first uh, nice phones, seek ye first uh, things, uh, cars, uh, prosperity. No, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is relationship and his righteousness. And all these other things, 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 things will be added unto you. Most Christians will start, we do it the other way around. We start with things. We go to God to ask for things. And God says, no, no, no. That's not where we start. I want to build a relationship with you. Focus on building a relationship with me. And Psalm 46 verse 10, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. In other words, after you have prayed, just be quiet in the presence of the Lord. Be, presence in the, be quiet in the presence of your father. And listen to your father speak back to you. Some of you, if you're going to pray tonight, you'll get answers to the prayers that you have been making for the past maybe two or three years. Listen to God, and God will give you the answer. You don't have to go to a particular prophet or somebody who claims to be more closer to God than you. Because God is your father. He's your father. And God hears you when you pray. Nobody is, let me say this, nobody is a, is a prayer specialist. All of us can pray and God hears us. God has no favorites. When you pray, God listens to you. Yes, I'm talking about you. When you pray, God listens to you as much as he listens to your pastor. There are no VIPs in prayer. Your prayer is as much powerful as your prophet. 
Your prayer is as much powerful as your bishop. Your prayer is as much powerful as your pastor. Then your prayer is as much powerful as the so-called prayer warriors. When you pray, God listens to you also. When a child is sick at 12 midnight, wake up. Instead of calling your somebody else, wake up and pray. Pray for your child. Lay hands upon your child and your child shall be healed. Because that's what the Bible says. It says for, for all those who have believed in Christ, you become, you become children of God. You have, you have been given the authority. He says you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. It has nothing to do with your title. You don't have to be a minister to pray for the sick. God listens to you when you pray. Feel free to pray anytime. You are talking to your father. You are talking to your father. You know, sometimes God will talk to you when you are asleep. But 90% of the time, God will talk to you during your prayer time. Let me repeat this. 90% of the time, God will talk to you during your prayer time. To those of you who say, I've never had God speak to me, it's because you have not given him an opportunity to talk to you. Give him an opportunity to talk to you. Give him an opportunity to talk to you. Just learn to listen to God during your prayer time. When you depend on God, all pride goes away. Because when you pray, you start to depend on God. You should learn to depend on God for everything. And the reason is so that at the end, all the glory will go to God. You start to understand that it's by God's grace. And you'll have nothing to boast about. You have nothing to boast about. You can pray, you know, anytime and anyhow. Prayer can be formal or informal. You can pray while you are driving. You can pray while you are walking. You can pray while you are sitting where you are right now. You can pray even sleeping. That's a good thing about prayer. You can pray even standing. Anyhow, you can pray. There's no form. You don't have to kneel. You can pray kneeling if you want. It's okay. But you don't have to. Before you have a big, any big conversation with your wife, before you have a big conversation with your husband, pray. Before you have a big conversation with your child, pray. I know what I'm talking about. Before you have a big conversation with your boss, pray. Before you have a big conversation with your school principal, pray. Before you have a conversation with that difficult employee, pray. Before you have a conversation with that difficult teacher, pray. Before you have a conversation with your manager, pray. Have a conversation with God first before you have a conversation with anybody else. You hand everything over to his care. Prayer is not prayer until you transfer the burdens to him. Because prayer helps you to forgive. If you can't forgive someone, start to pray for them. Start to pray for them. Sometimes if you can't even talk to them, pray for them and see how God changes the situation. Pray when you have to handle difficult situations. Some of you are going through handle, and through difficult situations that you're handling right now. Pray, 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 pray. I want you to go and start to pray. Start to communicate with God. Read God's word and pray and listen to God. Read God's word and listen to him and pray. And pray. Pray for your family members. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your, for your friend list. I'm going to pray tonight. Before I pray, life is too hard. Life has ups and downs. Life is not a smooth ride. Life is full of challenges. Most people who are listening to me right now, you're overburdened. You're overwhelmed. You're overextended. You're exhausted as I'm speaking right now. Unfortunately, when you can't cope, some people, they tend to drugs. Some, they, they tend to alcohol. Some, they tend to unhealthy relationships. Some, they start drinking and drink and drink with the hope that it will solve their problems. And some, they think if they can drink, it will fix their situation. Some, they just get high and they think that will fix their, their situation only to find that after drinking, after taking drugs, you come back to the same problem still waiting for you. 
I wish people could know and understand the power of prayer. You don't have to drink. Just turn to God and see how he can set you free through the power of prayer. You do not have to drink your problems out. You have to, to, to start to pray. Start to pray. You don't have a drinking problem. You have a prayerlessness problem. You do not have addiction problem. You have prayerlessness problem. God can set you free from that addiction. If you immerse yourself into prayer, you have so much to carry on your shoulders. Dedicate all to God. Dedicate your wife to God. Dedicate your husband to God. Dedicate your children to God. Dedicate your health to God. Dedicate your finances to God. Dedicate your job to God. Your bills to God. Your boss to God. Your career to God. Your ministry. Your church. You can't carry them on your own. It's too heavy for you. And Jesus says, all those who are heavy laden, let them bring their heavy burdens to him. Jesus wants to carry those burdens for you. You cry day and night. Sometimes you have to pretend like everything is okay during the day because you don't know what to do. And sometimes you have to bring your fake bright smile to church or to your job or to your school. You know that you are dying inside. Brothers and sisters, your life does not have to be like that anymore. Through prayer, you can upload, you can, you can offload all those heavy burdens on him through prayer. Jesus says, bring all your worries, bring all your burdens, bring all your pain to him in prayer because he cares for you. Prayer is a vehicle. Prayer is the car that we use to carry our worries and our burdens to God. To carry our pain to God. Prayer is the weapon that we use to fight our battles in life. Your struggle can only be won through prayer. Let me say this to you, my brother, my sister. You have struggled, it's enough. You tried everything and it did not work. You tried everyone and it did not work. Sometimes after you talk to them, you just become a subject of gossip instead of them helping you. There's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. He is your father. He cares for you. He will not gossip about your situation. He will carry the burdens for you. And he can carry it for you even tonight. He wants to connect you with him. He wants you to be connected to him. Don't focus on how to pray. Focus on who is your father. That's what you should focus on. Don't tell me, oh, I can't pray. I don't know how to pray. It has nothing to do with the techniques or six points or, on how to pray. Uh, how, how, uh, seven points, seven steps to answer the prayer. There's nothing like that. Just pour your heart out, God. Speak to your father. Tell him what you need. Forget about those steps. Build a relationship with your father. Do not carry that heaven, I mean, that heavy load alone, transfer it to heaven. Just have to know that God is always with you. God is always with you. All we need is to pray and trust him. That is always God, our father. Let's pray.